Welcome to Christian Warrior Women, the number one spot for women desiring the real, raw truth. How to live in confidence without doubt. The battle for your identity, faith, and courage in relationships, health, and wealth with God is real. Here is Lisa Hawkins, author, coach, and minister. Good day, and this is Lisa. I am so excited to be here with you. And we are going to continue in our lesson on dealing with anger and how where anger can lead and how we can move from anger to prosperity. Because as we know, anger is an emotion and we have to be, I don't want to say fearful, but be aware of how our emotions affect us, affect other people, but also how anger can turn, change our circumstances when we get in rage or we get anger, how we can lash out and how it can result in decisions that we regret. And we are talking about, if you haven't um, been with us and this is your first podcast, you might want to go back to podcasts or so because we're beginning the story of showing how Joseph and anger are related and how he could have chosen anger because anger was put upon him, jealousy and hate and all those things were put on him, but how God was with him and how others' anger Others who had anger propelled him and elevated him to be to have power, to have authority, but most of all, to show God's ability through him. So today, if you've got your Bible, we're going to um, continue where we left off. And we left off with Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, and her false accusation, which then landed Joseph in prison. So I want to start at um, 19 so we can kind of see where anger is mentioned again and how Joseph being falsely accused is reaping um, the curse of, of this anger. So it says in NIV version, when his master heard the story, his wife told him saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He allowed, he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So just to reiterate here how we have talked about that you might, you know, say, well, gosh, you know, you're struggling, you're angry about your current circumstances, whether it's finances, whether it's marriage, whether it's education, whether it's where you live, whether it's your health. 
But God is with you. If you are a believer and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, the one thing that I will tell you that will happen is you will have struggle. You will have strife and you will sometimes feel that you are falsely accused or have more than you can bear. But remember in this scripture that God was with him in your lowest position. God is granting you favor. So think about it. Here he is in prison. Here he was taken away, probably around age 17. And if we look at the timeline of the time that Joseph was slave and in prison, it's about 11 years. So when everybody knows me in the number 11. So when you think about how long you've been in a struggle, Lisa, I've been struggling for two years, or I've been struggling for five years, or I've been struggling for 20 years. That does not mean that the Lord isn't with you. And that does not mean that you don't have favor through the struggle. Sometimes struggles, we continue to to think we can do it through our own strength, our own control and all those things. And sometimes we don't recognize that God is doing a different work and a new work through you. And you have favor, even as low as you may feel you are, because I don't know if you can get lower than the lower than prison is probably in the grave. So lower in prison. And, and we know that he wasn't living in luxury in this prison because I'm going to share something as we move on of what he had to do to prepare himself before he went before the Pharaoh. So this wasn't like he was in this luxury prison. He was imprisoned. He was with prisoners. And so prison can mean many things. We can be a prisoner of our own um, depression, our own stress, our own um, hate, our own, um, you know, doubts and fears can keep us in prison from moving forward, from prospering, for thinking of ourselves that we are better than our current station, of thinking, um, removing the prison of believing that a man has to save us. A man has to save you in order for you to have more money, for you to have a nice car or a nice house, that it has to come from someone else. You're in prison in believing the lie that you are not smart enough, strong enough, beautiful enough, and able for God to use you. And so I want you to see in this story of Joseph that anger and jealousy and hate put him in this situation, but God is going to elevate him out of that situation. So you might feel that this person did that to you, or that person did that to you, or if this hadn't happened to me, I would be a better person. But Joseph, as you will, if you really read his piece, he continually talks about the power of his dream interpretations and power comes from God. The one thing that he is very clear on. We don't hear any backbiting, blaming and all that. But what we do hear is that he knows that God is in control. Okay, so I want to move into the next chapter that talks about the cupbearer and the baker. And here is where Joseph, and I want you to read the the full details for yourself, but I'm going to give you the quick clip notes. The bottom line is, the cupbearer, Pharaoh got enraged um, with his cupbearer and folks in his two officials, his chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, which is the same prison 
where Joseph was confined. And do you not think that this is not part of God's plan? But there's something here that folks don't always deal into, but I want you to see how sometimes you could feel like, Lord, wow, the Lord keeps letting me get disappointed and disappointed. And no, the Lord just allows us to have another opportunity to trust him and believe in him. So the cupbearer and the baker are confined with Joseph and the captain puts Joseph over them. So it's like Joseph's almost a welcoming committee. You know, this is what you got to do. This is how you, I guess, behave and whatever discipline he gives them, probably the rule of the land in prison. So after they had been in custody for some time, they have a dream. The baker has a dream and the cupbearer has a dream. And the bottom line, Joseph sees them and they look depressed and dejected. So he asks them to share the dream. And so he lets them know that the interpretation comes from God and God alone. So they share the dream. And Joseph shares with them, and you could read this fully in chapter 40. Well, one of you in three days is going to be back in his position with Pharaoh and and happy and and enjoying his life again. Whereas the baker, well, and what I like and don't like maybe about how Joseph handles the baker, it's like um, he just kind of says it matter of fact in how it's written here. And he says, you know, within three days, Pharaoh will, and if you go down to verse, um, make sure I have this exact for you, excuse me, in verse 18, let me make sure that's 18, I think it's 19, he says, within three days, it's verse 19, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Well, imagine getting that as a dream interpretation from, you know, you sharing a dream with someone. But guess what? That was the, the, the baker's dream interpretation and the cupbearer. So the third day happened to be Pharaoh's birthday. He gave a feast and he lifted up the heads. I'm sorry, he lifted up the heads of the chief, chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. So he restored the cupbearer. Within three days, within three days, three days, three, that number, within three days of Joseph's interpretation, he was restored. And guess what? And he was putting the cup into Pharaoh's hand as Joseph interpreted. But he did lift off the head of the chief baker as Joseph also interpreted. Now, when they gave the when Joseph gave the interpretation of the the dream to the cupbearer, he asked him to promise that he would remember Joseph and mention him to Pharaoh because this is the one time one of the key times we see in verse 14 that he says, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. He mentions he was forcibly carried from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. 
So, when the cupbearer got back, do you think he remembered? No. He didn't remember Joseph. So I don't know about you, but I know I can only imagine Joseph, and I can only imagine knowing my past and doing this myself, is just going over and over all of the things that have gone wrong that weren't my fault. Can you imagine? Well, gosh, my mother died. I was put in a pit. Then I was stripped of my the robe that my father, who loved me, gave me. And my identity was robbed. And I was sold off to some Ishmaelites. Then I was, you know, given to the guard of Pharaoh, the captain of the guards. I was in Potiphar's house. I was doing well. Then his wife wanted me to have sex with her. Then he didn't believe me. And then I was put in jail. And now I'm here year after year. Here he was, a young teen, probably 17 years old. 10, 9, 10, 11 years later, you're still enslaved. You're still trusting God. But things you want out of this situation. And all you asked was for the cupbearer to remember you, to mention you. Wow, he's at the hand of Pharaoh now. His life is back. So why didn't he remember Joseph? Well, you know, when I was thinking of this podcast, the Lord reminded me of things that I've personally experienced with being in ministry. I've had a healing room. I had a healing room for seven years in the Atlanta area, which was free for prayer for anyone, whether women, men, children, whoever needed prayer. And it was donation-based. So if you came with nothing, you still got the same prayer as someone who donated. Some people we spent over an hour with, some people we spent 10 minutes with. But it was God doing all of the healing. Let me make this very clear. And we believed that and practiced that and spoke that. And we saw many miracles. And I think of how I can recall a number of people who were unemployed, who the Lord brought to the healing room, and they got a fabulous job. And I remember them, sometimes they call, I'd bump into them later, and they tell how, oh, wow, I never got to call you to tell you about the great job I got after your team prayed, prayed for me. And I remember... Sorry if you guys didn't think I was flesh and blood. I would remember walking away sometimes and saying, wow, you know, the job they described, you would think that they might have sent an offering, donation to know that, wow, this place blessed me and I knew that it was God that gave me this. And I always would be like, wow, Lord, sheesh, you would think, you know, that allow us to do greater things for other people. And the Lord, it was always like, I would always say, I know, I'm not supposed to say this, but isn't that a normal reaction? So I'm asking you, have you ever done stuff for people or been involved with stuff that you felt like, man, maybe they could have said thank you. Or maybe like, you know, when you bump into someone and wow, it was two years ago that you got prayer and you never even thought to say, hey, thanks, I got this great opportunity, this happened, just to let us know. Um, So to me, I always felt like it, not only for me, but are you even giving God praise? 
Because to me, I'm looking at if you didn't even call to tell me that you're praising God about it, makes me wonder if, if you are. So let's think of what are some of the reasons that the baker may not have told Pharaoh? So we can start with, if you believe this, now remember this was three days later, that he forgot about Joseph. He forgot when he knew that the baker was beheaded and put on a pole, he he kind of forgot that Joseph has said those exact words, that he was there with the Pharaoh putting the cup in his hand. So let's go with number one. He forgot three days later that his life was tremendously different from being in prison, dirty and, and forgotten in a dungeon. So, okay, we'll go with that, that he forgot. That's one. Two, maybe we're going to get closer on two. He was so happy and enjoying his freedom and partying and calling everybody to say, I'm free and I'm back at the hand of Pharaoh, that he was just too busy. He was just too busy enjoying drinking and fellowshipping and finding his wife or whatever and enjoying because he was in prison for some time. So he was focused on fulfilling his bodily, physical and needs. Okay, I'll give you that one for a second. Third one. You notice we're getting kind of maybe deeper. He wanted, he didn't want to give attention to Joseph Gifts. Maybe he didn't, you know, he was there putting the cup in the Pharaoh's hand. Maybe if he told him about Joseph, maybe Joseph would get his job because he was close to the Pharaoh. I mean, putting someone's food in their hand is a pretty close position. What if I tell and then he's like, really? And says, oh, I'm going to give him your job. And then what would happen to him? Hmm. Maybe I'm getting closer to the truth. Or maybe he didn't want to bring up how he got imprisoned and remind the Pharaoh and get him angry again. Maybe the Pharaoh would remember, yeah, maybe I should behead you too. Now that you've reminded me about being imprisoned and why I sent you there, why did I set you free? Maybe he thought it would remind him of that. Well, unfortunately, all of those things, think about yourself, that as women, one of the things that I saw challenging in corporate America was I was like the first female, first woman of color in many senior roles. And I was very interested, excuse me, in other women coming in the organization and getting them in a place where there's not just one. Or maybe you can relate to, you know, when if you're attractive and another attractive woman um, comes into your circle of friends and maybe people are giving them attention, do you somewhat feel slighted? Do you notice how we want to be maybe the center of attention or we want to be the only one. See, to me, I never thought that being the only one is not a secure place. But being surrounded with people who are smart and want to see the advancement of women and want to have value to the beauty of women is something that we can build on. And today, I'm glad to see that some women are waking up to that. And so I would 
tell you, those who are following other women because you desire their beauty on Facebook or whatever, is pursue your inner beauty. Pursue releasing your beauty and not chase or be jealous or envious of others. And when women come in, when you work with women in the workplace, engage with them, learn from them, support each other. Do you know, no matter how much men may disagree, one thing they are clear on is they want to learn from another man so they can elevate themselves from that learning. They may not even like them, but they want to learn. And we need to learn that as well. You can learn from people that you don't have to agree on everything about their lifestyle or who they are. But we don't have to also try to push people down or hold them down because we're afraid. What God has for you, no one can take from you. And what's clear from this, that even though the cupbearer, and this goes back into sometimes we put our trust in people, people will disappoint, people will let us down. Even though the the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, he forgot him. But God didn't. God did not forget Joseph. And so how would God use this situation for Joseph's benefit? Now, you've been, you've been sitting in prison a long time. Maybe you've been in your struggle a long time. And when you want to talk about does God reward your faithfulness, he does. And I think this is an excellent example. No matter, think about how long did it take Moses from when he was born to leading the children of Israel out of Egypt? How long was he in the desert before he came back? A long time. It wasn't a year or two. Our journey with God is a lifetime. It's not, and sometimes, as we all know, struggle feels longer than it really is. But when we get on the other side, if we really look back at what we learned, what that experience taught us, maybe sometimes we have too much pride and the Lord needs to bring us to a low level to raise us up, to raise us up with the right mindset, to raise us up with the right emotional maturity to handle what he's going to do in our lives. Every person born has a purpose. So when we look at Genesis 41, Pharaoh now is having a dream. And he is seeking his magicians and all of this stuff. And I want you to read in 41 because he dreams about seven cows, ugly and gaunt. And then he dreams about, you know, seven healthy, seven sleek and fat grazing um cows. And so he wants an interpretation. And then he has a second dream. And in the second dream, he dreams about seven heads of grain, healthy and good, growing in a single stalk. And then he dreams that the other grain spouted thin and scorched by the wind. So he's troubled. And so the wise men of Pharaoh can interpret the dream. And guess what? God had planted that seed in the cupbearer was like, oh, goodness. Now, in this one, it's like, oh, my goodness. I just can't imagine his face. Oh, wow. All this time. I forgot. I still 
don't think he forgot, but we're going to go on what the word says. And if we look in Genesis 41, verse 9, it says, Then the chief cupbearer cup bearer, said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Oh, I wonder who reminded him. God. Pharaoh was once angry with his servant, and he imprisoned him and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. So he winds up telling him and reminding him of what he did. And he tells them that they had a dream and that there was a young Hebrew who was there. And he, the dream happened exactly as he had interpreted. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. So if this is where, if you thought that, well, maybe he was in prison, but since God was with him and the the guard, the warden was allowing him, you know, to help people out or putting people under him, maybe it wasn't that rough for him. Well, it says that they had to, when he had shaved and changed his clothes. So he obviously wasn't being shaven regularly and obviously needed new clothes. So that would tell me life was pretty rough in prison. So I can only assume maybe teeth brushed or whatever all of the the cleanliness things you need to do before you go before Pharaoh had to be done. And so he shares the dream with um, Joseph and Joseph says to him that I in verse um, 18 16, I cannot do it, Joseph replied to to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And I say that to you as well. Whatever your struggle is, Lisa can't give you the answers. Lisa can't promise you your future. But what I can promise you, that the Lord will provide you with an answer. When you seek him, he will bring you your answer. He will bring you your restoration. He will bring healing to your physical body. So Pharaoh shares the dream. And then Joseph says to Pharaoh that in quick summary, that his dream is about seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine. And so he also shares what Pharaoh will need to do. So you'll have great abundance that is coming in the land of Egypt. And you'll need someone who will be in charge and gather the grain and gather this abundance so that you can um, prepare for the severity of this famine. And so Pharaoh, you know, looks to who? Will I put in charge in such of a such of a job as this? The, the plan sounded good to Pharaoh and all his officials. But he says in verse 37, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. And I can only imagine they were like, no, we don't know anybody like that. So then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are subject to your orders. This is the part I love. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So wait a minute. 
This was 11 years later. And sometime after his dream interpretation, that he went from the dungeon where he was unshaven and had no decent clothes, no wealth, no money, no political clout, no connections. And he went from that position to God planting the reminder in the cupbearer's mind to being before Pharaoh and now you are the second most powerful man in Egypt. Why? Why can we not learn from this example that when I maintain my faith in this struggle, when I maintain who I put my trust in, who I pray to, who I worship, who I will continue to give praise and honor and who I will kneel before and commit my life to, that no matter what struggle I am in, that it will not be the end of me, but that it will breed a greatness through me in my life. Not only did he make him second in command, he gave him a wife, he gave him a ring, he gave him a robe. Guess what? That robe that his father made, that was given in love, that his brother stripped from him. God gave Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, gave him a new identity to be over all the land. To the point that when the good times are here, he's in charge. When the bad times happen, he will be in charge. I charge you with asking yourself, are you allowing God to be in charge of your life during the struggle? Whatever area you think is a struggle, whatever area you think that this has gone on too long, I can't bear it anymore, that if you were to hang in there and if you were to speak his truth, his scriptures and Psalms, his scriptures and the examples of others in the Bible, that he will bring you through, elevate you to a level far beyond your ability to do on your own. I have seen through, as I mentioned earlier, people who came for prayer. I've seen people healed of cancer who had stage four cancer. I've seen people who couldn't walk that the Lord had them walk through prayer and their faith. I've seen people unemployed, single parents, single moms with children, who they came for prayer and had a job three days later. I had a woman who was homeless with her three children in Atlanta and had nowhere to go. And she committed her life to God. Within 72 hours, she had a wedding proposal and ring on her finger. Talk about three days. Had a ring on her finger. Had Was put in an apartment and was told that he would not touch her again sexually until she was his wife. She is now happily married with her family and children. And I see her videos and her pictures of her and her family in Florida enjoying their life together. So I know of a God that is faithful and answers our prayers, no matter how low we feel, no matter if our family has abandoned us, has told us to, has banished us 
from family functions and to never come around, when you feel lonely and abandoned. Imagine Joseph felt all of those things, rejected, abandoned, alone from humanity. But he knew God was with him. He knew God gave him favor. You might say, wow, it's rough to feel like you're in favor when you're struggling. Well, is our faith only available when it's good times? We need to understand we are believers and we are children of God through every season of life. And so I pray today that in your journal that you're looking at what have been your seasons. What's your season now? And speak the words, use your tongue to speak God's truth, that this too shall pass and God is with me. And I'm not going to let another person's thoughts or negative thoughts or putting me down make me believe I'm less than, that I'm unworthy and incapable of happiness, joy, and success. That's what I send you today, that you have God with you. So isn't it time you allow him to take you through and exalt you to the next level? It's time you be elevated in your faith and elevated in your daily life. So I pray that for you, that every person hearing this podcast today, that your life will be elevated to a higher level. Elevate your marriage, elevate your finances, elevate your health. Let's all be working toward seeing the Lord bring our elevation We don't have to work for it. We don't have to do anything but trust him and walk in faith and live believing this too shall pass. Have a blessed day in Jesus' mighty name.